Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. Well, good morning, church. I'm going to try this one more time, just because I love the fact that that Dave has brought this to the church and to our culture. God is good. And all the time. I hope that as a church that you can truly believe those words. I hope that as wherever you are at right now, whatever last week was, whatever this week is going to be, you can say those words and you can believe them. That morning by morning, God continues to be faithful with new mercies each and every day. And so when I say God is good, and all the time, we can continue to make that a part of our DNA. And the more that we say it, the more, maybe, just maybe, we will continue to live that out. We are in the book of Colossians today. We are beginning the conclusion of this summer series, which means that we're concluding summer and we're all halfway sad about that. But we are coming to an end. Now I'm myself, I'm not landing the plane. Ben will do that next week. But this is when Paul, the author of Colossians, he begins to summarize things. And as he summarizes, he allows us five verses that if we allow these five verses to saturate our being, the, to saturate who we are, I believe it'll change everything. Now you might be saying, Justin, you say this every time you preach. Well, I believe it. Amen. I believe it. Yes. These five verses, if you stick with me, some of you may walk out of here mad at me. <laughs> and you <laughs> never thank you. You'll be thinking to yourself, Justin, you don't understand. You have no idea. I'm going to tell you that if we lean in, because as encouraging as Scripture can be, it can also be convicting. And if it's convicting, it's challenging. And, and what we're going to go over today, it, it seems rather easy. But often we miss it. And we forget about it. And so what I would ask you, as, as we continue in Colossians, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2. I would ask you, I would encourage you to lean in. You might be thinking to yourself, we've heard this a thousand times. But maybe for the thousandth and one first time, it'll strike. It'll hit. And maybe just today, as Pastor Dave has already said, maybe today we will end becoming more like Jesus than we were at the beginning. We're in Colossians chapter 4, starting in verse 2, and we're just going to be going through verse 6. But before we get there, I do want to share just a brief story. When I was in college, um, I was, it was uh, a time of my life where I liked to try new things. And I was determined in college that I was not going to gain the, the freshman 15. I wasn't going to fall out of shape. And so there were different things I would like to do. Now, I found riding bicycles boring. Uh, to me, it wasn't very exciting. I apologize. Some of you are offended by this. I just, riding bikes 
give me a motorcycle. I like that. It has an engine. But pedaling for hours and hours and hours, that, doesn't, that didn't excite me. So uh, when I was doing my internship over in Indiana, I, I decided to pick up mountain biking. I mean, here's, here's a sport riding bicycle. It's, it's boring and it's simple. And I'm like, why not add some thrill to it? Maybe this will, this will help. And so I decided I'm going to try out mountain biking. It's Indiana, so it's more like glorified hill uh, biking. And in Indiana, there, there was this uh, place where you could go. And it was, it was amazing. I mean, they, people from all over come to ride on these trails. So I decided I'm going to take my cheap uh, Walmart mountain bike that I got. I'm going to try this out. And let me tell you, here's what I learned. If riding bicycles are are boring and monotonous, mountain biking just adds stress and grueling to this. It was really, it was no fun for me. I mean, yeah, sure, going downhill, that was fun until you had to turn really quickly. And then you're like, what am I doing? And then you had to go uphill. Well, what is this? No. And as I was so, it goes without saying, I stopped maybe after twice. I tried it twice, and I'm like, done. Um, well, one time, I'm, the second time, I'm riding these trails, and I, the people who make these trails for mountain bikes, I think they're barbarians. They, they like people to be in pain. And they're, you're, you're riding the hill, and, and all the while, the, the, the trail is following the contour of this hill. And it's great, okay? It's, it's just fine. But out of nowhere comes this bridge. Now, this entire time they've been following the contour of the hill, no big deal. But then out of nowhere they're like, no, we're going to throw a bridge just for the sake of throwing a bridge. And it's not one of those big safe bridges. It's a narrow bridge that has no guardrails. And all of a sudden you're going down this hill, you're turning and doing all of this, you're trying to stay on top, and then this bridge comes. Holy cow, and I get to this bridge and it's narrow and then there's ground underneath. And I'm like, the trail should be down there, not up here on the bridge. And, and I'm going and I'm going and, well, I get nervous. And all I can see is the bridge. I can't see past the bridge. And as I approach the bridge, I, I slow down, pedaling. Well, here's, here's the kicker. And we all know this. If you've tried to ride a bike not pedaling, guess what happens when you don't pedal your bike? You fall over. And so all of a sudden, I'm on this bridge, and it's narrow, right? And I'm like only looking down, and I'm trying to balance myself, and I'm overcorrecting. And next thing you know, I'm in the brush. Yeah, I didn't go mountain biking again after that. And I know some of you might be thinking, Justin, keep pedaling, and you'll get through the bridge. I know that now. Thank you for all those thoughts. I could hear them through your brains. Yeah, I never went mountain biking again. And I'm sure many people have fun doing that. But, you know, as humans, don't we all do this? We're cruising through life, riding our bicycles of life, and we're having a grand old time. And then, out of nowhere, something hits. Something stops. We see it coming up. And all we can see in our vision is this this obstacle, thinking this shouldn't be there. Why is that? No. And we can't look beyond it because all we're focused on is how we're going to get past this particular obstacle. And as we approach it, we start to slow down our pedaling. And, and next thing you know, we're, we're rocking and waving and we're stumbling and falling. 
Because all we can see, all we can vision, all we can think about is this particular obstacle in front of us. You know, I think of many obstacles. I think of all the things that we might as humans come up against. I think of the parents who are now sending their kids to school into an environment that is uncontrolled, variables unknown, with students and teachers who don't believe what we believe as Christians. It becomes a stumbling block. It becomes an obstacle of how do I get past this? How do I handle this? How do I manage this? I think about circumstances that lead to depression and anxiety. Things that all of a sudden leave us stranded, leave us wanting to move forward, but we simply don't know how to move forward. I think about people who are, in fact, Christians. They have faith, they profess, and yet we adamantly disagree with their decision-making. And we, we deal with them on a daily basis, and, but we, we disagree vehemently with everything that they are doing. We can't get them out of our minds. What are they doing? Why are they doing that? And these people, they become a stumbling block, an obstacle. When our kids aren't behaving correctly, when our kids aren't following Jesus, when, when all of a sudden we aren't growing in our faith, these things become obstacles in our life that when we approach them, we stop pedaling and we're trying our best to get over that bridge. But ultimately, because uh, our concentration is on the obstacle, we end up falling over. And sometimes obstacles aren't even a bad thing. They just keep us from pedaling. Sometimes we just got that amazing raise. Well, why do I have to go to church now? I'm good. Who needs to rely on God? I got all the finances I need. Sometimes our, our kids are so successful in sports. That, that's all you can see. All we can see is our kids and, and the glory that they're getting for everything that they are doing. Sometimes we have that lake house. Because we've been blessed in all these ways. We have that lake house that rather than being involved with the body of Christ, we, we isolate ourselves. We decide, no, we're not, this, for, for three months, we're not going to see anybody in the body of Christ. We're just going to stick to our own. Sometimes obstacles are really good things. Obstacles aren't always bad things. Obstacles are simply the things that keep us from pedaling steady through life. Obstacles are the things that keep us from moving forward, good or bad. So the question we have to ask ourselves, and the question I believe Paul is answering here is not, please hear me when I say this, I don't believe Paul is answering the question how to avoid obstacles. I don't believe he's giving us the answer, hey, follow this simple formula and you'll never have a bad day in your life again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Paul's not saying how to avoid obstacles. Paul is saying, look, obstacles are inevitable. You're going to come up to, upon them day after day, week after week, each and every season of your life. Something is going to be in your way that's going to want to keep you from pedaling and growing and moving forward in your spiritual walk. So the question I think we have to ask ourselves today is what is the best way, not 
to avoid obstacles, what is the best way to navigate? And in fact, I don't even like my wording here. Truly, I think these next five verses that we're going to discuss in Colossians is not what is the best way to navigate the obstacles of life. Rather, it's simply this. What is the best way to navigate through life? And in these five verses, I think he maps it out with this simple formula. Yeah, it's going to be a simple formula. I think we're going to see the answer. Hey, you do this and things will begin to change. You may not believe it. You may not agree with it. You may say it's too easy, but these aren't my words. These are the words of Scripture, inspired by God himself, given to us so that we might have an understanding of what God wants for you and for me. What is the best way to navigate through life? And so as we jump into Colossians chapter 4, in these five verses, Paul, throughout the entire book of Colossians, has aimed to fill our hearts, to change our minds, so that we might have our hands and feet continually moving forward, to grow for ourselves and also to positively affect and grow the kingdom of God. And we're going to see the simple formula, three things, three things that if we put them into practice on a daily, not even daily, moment By moment basis, I truly believe everything in our lives will begin to change. Not just when we face obstacles. I'm talking about every single day when we don't even have an obstacle on our mind. Things will begin to change and we will become more like Jesus tomorrow than we were today. Three things. Colossians 4, chapter chapter 4, starting in verse 2. Here's what we see. Continue steadfastly in prayer. This is how he opens up verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer. I'm going to, I'll be, this is it. That's the first thing. I don't have to get super creative with you. I don't have to get super, okay, what does this mean? Friends, I think it's pretty self-explanatory what's going on here. It's pretty straightforward. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Steadfastly. Continue steadfastly. To be devoted. To dedicate oneself to a cause or to a purpose to make sure it succeeds. Each and every day, moment by moment, continue steadfastly in prayer. Other translations might say, or this definition of this particular word here, is to be devoted to prayer. In prayer, it's the recognition that we do not have control. We don't have control over the things in our life. And so prayer begins this petition. It's the recognition of needing something, but knowing that we can't give it to ourselves. And so as we begin every turn, as we're riding these bikes of life, and as we are either on a mountain, a hill, or on flat highway or sidewalk, Paul is saying be devoted to prayer. Be devoted to recognizing that there is something greater than you, that you don't have control over the variables. Be devoted to petitioning before God for his control, for his provision, For his protection, be devoted to prayer. 
And so all of a sudden then, if moment by moment, day by day, we are devoted to prayer, all of a sudden we've built the muscles so that when we come upon those narrow bridges with no safeguards in life, we will know what it is to navigate through them. All of a sudden we'll have built the muscle memory that if we were devoted to prayer beforehand, all of a sudden this obstacle will be nothing. But if we wait, if we wait to get to the obstacle to pray, we'll have done no preparation for that particular moment in time. And what may be insignificant all of a sudden becomes truly a mountain. Because we didn't build the muscle, we didn't prepare ourselves for what life could throw at us. But Paul is saying you can experience victory even when you're hitting that bridge of life. That victory comes daily, it comes moment by moment, and it begins by being devoted to prayer. Friends, prayer is the peddling of life. Prayer, all of a sudden, it keeps our feet moving and it keeps us from wobbling back and forth. It keeps our balance before us. Prayer is the peddling of life. When I approached that bridge that one afternoon, the first mistake I made, I stopped pedaling. Now, some of you might be here and you can balance on a bike that doesn't, that's not pedaling. Good for you. I can't. The first mistake I made in that moment is I stopped pedaling. Prayer is the pedaling of life. Now, for many of us, prayer can be awkward. You ever want to silence a room of teenagers? Just ask one question. Who wants to pray? Nobody. Prayer can be awkward. Guess what? Not just teenagers. If I right here ask, who wants to pray up right here with me right now? It's going to be maybe one or two of you. Would be, yeah. Prayer's awkward. No one wants to do it. And what's ironic about that, it's just it's talking to God. Who doesn't want to talk to God? But, man, we get all tight and tense. And, you know, I, I, think, I think to a little kid, when they're first learning how to ride a bike, you take the training wheels off and they're ready to go and, and pedal. No, just, just keep pedaling. Just, just, no, pedal. You gotta, if you want to move, pedal. And, and as a parent, you're just telling them. But when they pedal, guess what? They go faster. And when they go faster, they start losing control. No one wants to pedal because all of a sudden they're not used to it. Friends, we are the little kid. We are the children feeling awkward in prayer as if we are just learning how to write. And friends, I gotta tell you, there's no even obstacle in front of them. They don't care about whether there's an obstacle or not. All they know is that when they start pedaling, they start losing control. But we, having experienced what it is to ride a bike, we know that as long as they pedal, it'll be that much easier to maintain balance and to stay up. We are the little children. And Paul is simply saying, pray, pray, pray. Be devoted to prayer. Keep on pedaling and if you keep on pedaling you will begin moving forward beyond the obstacle pray as awkward as it might be pray 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 
To pray is to pedal. To be devoted to praying is to be devoted to moving forward in your spiritual walk. If you're not praying, you're not moving forward. If you are praying, you are moving forward in your spiritual walk, in your growth. This is the beginning of discovering all that God would have for you. When you are crying out to God saying, God, I don't have control. I need you in my life. I don't know what's coming, but I need you now. So when something does come, I'm ready. But so often maybe we haven't experienced an obstacle of life. And sometimes Satan loves this. Satan's not going to throw any obstacles in our way because he knows that if there's no obstacles, we don't need to rely on God. Friends, obstacles have come, will come. They may be right in front of you right now. Wherever you are at, Paul says this, the first and foremost thing, be devoted, continue steadfastly in prayer. Be devoted to prayer. That's the first thing, the first solution. Nice and simple. Be devoted to prayer. No matter how awkward it may seem, no matter how awkward it might seem to, to take the hand of your wife, to lead your children at night during the day and say, let's pray. Yeah, your kids might look at you a little funny. We've never done this. Who's doing that? How will we instill into our children, to those around us, how will they see us pedaling through life? Or will they see us become stagnant, still, with no growth? Be devoted to prayer. Be devoted to prayer. These are only the first four. If you were thinking that five verses is going to be short, those were only the first four words of the five verses. So we continue on. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So now all of a sudden, Paul's not simply saying, hey, go pray. He's saying that as you pray, be watchful. Have focus. Keep your eyes aligned to where they need to be. Because just like riding a bike, we also know that pedaling doesn't get you to where you need to be. Pedaling just gets the bike moving. So Paul's coming in. Okay, hey, as you're pedaling, great, we got the first thing down. As you're pedaling, you're maintaining balance, you got momentum, you're moving forward. As you're pedaling, make sure you're looking at your destination. Because if you're not looking at your destination, I don't care how much you're pedaling, chances are you're not going to get wherever you want to go. So he's saying, hey, as you are pedaling in life, be devoted to prayer, but make sure the eyes of your heart are covered in thanksgiving. Well, what, is, what exactly does that mean? What does it mean to be watchful in, with thanksgiving? It simply means that as you are going through life, find every reason to give thanks. And the best way really the truly the only way, in order to cover the eyes of our heart with thanksgiving, to be saturated with thankfulness, is simply to continually look to the person of Jesus Christ. Each and every day to be looking at who Jesus is, what Jesus has done. Earlier on in chapter 2 of Colossians, we're told 
We're told that we were once dead, but God made us alive. What more reason is there to be giving thanks daily? Thank you, Father. We're told in, in chapter 1, hey, we're giving thanks to the Father. Why? Because he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. What more reason do we need to give thanks than knowing presently we have been transferred from the domain of Satan into the ruling in the kingdom of Jesus Christ? Chapter 3 tells us, hey, if you have been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of his son, then you are being renewed over and over and over again, becoming more and more like Jesus. And I say, thank you, God, because I can't do it on my own. So I need somebody, I need something greater in my life. Paul is saying, as you pray, as you are devoted to praying, be watchful with thanksgiving. Friends, right now you may be like, man, I have nothing to be thankful for. Justin, if you knew the season of life that I'm in right now, I have nothing. Friends, I'm telling you here right now. If you are here in this moment, if your heart is beating in this moment, you have reason to give thanks. God has been chasing you down well before you entered into this room. That he has something in store for you. You have significance. You have purpose. You have value. He has love that he wants to bestow upon you. In fact, he has bestowed upon you his provenient grace, drawing you closer and closer to him so that you might receive him. Friends, if you are here right now and your heart is beating, if you are alive in this moment, you have reason to give thanks. If you look to find thankfulness, you will find it. But how often do we skip that part? How often do we miss being thankful? How often when an obstacle comes right in front of us, we forget about being thankful. We forget about looking to Christ and all that he's done. Instead, we are so focused on the obstacle, we go headlong right into it. Forgetting completely about what it is to be devoted to prayer and thankfulness. I, I think of a time where uh, there was a pastor up in Toledo he would take college students dirt biking. It was a great time, except if you didn't know how to dirt bike. And, well, one time, and dirt biking is just a fancy uh, new way of, of riding bicycle. It's taking a sport and all of a sudden adding stress and grueling to what was otherwise boring. And I don't know what's going on here. But all of a sudden, this pastor, he connected with college students through dirt biking. And so he decided, okay, we'll, we'll take the Braun boys. And, uh, well, he takes Jordan, my brother, uh, out one day. And Jordan, he's not the most experienced dirt biker. And they're riding. And did you know there are sand dunes up in Toledo? I found that amazing. Anyway, so we're riding in the sand dunes of Toledo, of all places. Jordan's not the best of rider. And next thing you know, he finds himself right in front of the pastor who's riding towards him. Jordan gets nervous. So rather than looking elsewhere to move his bike to go another way, he just stays deadlocked onto the pastor. And let it be known, the motor's still going, the tires are still running forward, and he's so nervous about running into the pastor, he never looks away from the pastor. 
And as he never looks away from the pastor, it's almost as if he's trying to will the pastor to move so that he don't hit the pastor. Well, you can imagine if he's looking at the pastor the entire time, guess what happened? Hit the pastor. He never took his eyes off the pastor. Now, in many situations, they say, hey, that's good. You follow the pastor. No, not in this case. Hey, veer away from the pastor. <laughs> this is the issue of preaching in your home church. He's right here. So they get up from this collision and the pastor looks, hey, wherever your eyes are, that's where the bike's going. Wherever your eyes are looking, that's where the bike is going. Friends, we can be devoted to prayer all we want. We are pedaling all we want. But if we aren't saturated with thanksgiving, if we are inundated with looking towards Jesus, we will miss the destination. We must be covered in thankfulness. But friends, when we are not covered in thankfulness, when we are not looking at Christ predominantly each and every day, when it comes to navigating around an obstacle, we will be so easily distracted, we'll run right into it. And notice this. This pastor inherently was not an obstacle in front of Jordan. Jordan made him the obstacle. How often do we go throughout our lives and we're just doing our thing and then all of a sudden we allow one thing to distract us and all of a sudden what wasn't originally an obstacle now becomes the biggest thing in our life that we can't seem to escape. When we were not covered and saturated with thanksgiving. When we aren't covered in thanksgiving, all of a sudden we aren't ready to ride the bumps and the cracks in the road or the narrow bridges with no rails. If we wait to try and be thankful when the storm is hitting, we won't be ready. If we are not covered in thanksgiving, when tough times sit, friends, that is when Satan wins. When we begin to seek control for ourselves, we begin to blame others. We start reacting instead of intentionally responding. Again, I think about it. When the world throws something at us, when our kids aren't behaving the, we want, the way we want them to, when our kids aren't, aren't growing in their spiritual walk the way we want them to, when we are not growing in our spiritual walks the way we want to, we find reason to blame others. If we aren't covered in thanksgiving, recognizing that all that God has done and is doing and will continue to do for us, when we come across a crack in the road, we immediately become defensive. We look to gain control. But if we are covered with thanksgiving in a crack on the road as we're riding the bike, we begin, we already know our final destination. We already know Christ in front of us. And so all of a sudden the crack, instead of a grand canyon, we know exactly where we're headed. Because we are covered with thankfulness as we are being devoted to prayer. Our eyes, our eyes must continue to stay up looking at Jesus so that when obstacles come, we know exactly where we're headed and we don't become distracted by them. Be devoted to prayer, yes. Keep on pedaling, yes. But we must make sure our eyes are aligned in Christ. I had a student come into my office this past week and after our time was ended, after our time was over, he wants to pray. I'm like, great, yes. 
And as he goes to pray, he realizes that he doesn't know how to pray. At least in that moment in time, he has, he's at a loss for words. And I simply ask him, hey, just say thank you. He's like, that's it? Yeah, just say thank you. So he does. God, thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We must learn the power of continually giving thanks. Be thankful. Cover, be devoted to prayer, but cover the eyes of your heart with thankfulness. And so we come to the conclusion of this particular section. Paul says this. After he's gone through, he's, so, he's showing, hey, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word. To declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. That I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Here's what's amazing about this. Paul, he's gone from being that little child learning how to pedal on the bike, praying. To all of a sudden, he is so inundated with thankfulness in his heart. He is so saturated with thanksgiving. He's not praying to get out of prison. He's simply praying to continue to declare the mystery of Christ. He wants people to find the victory that he has found. The victory that even when you're in prison, you still find reason to give thanks. This is what he's telling us. Starting in verse 5 then, it says, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Be devoted to prayer. Cover the eyes of your heart with thankfulness. But here, here we see. Paul is trying to help us navigate each and every possibility in life that may distract us. The most common being, hey, if you, if you come across someone who doesn't believe as you believe, here's how you approach it. Here's how you walk up to this. Notice, first and foremost, as we're discussing this particular verse here. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders. Do not do everything you can to avoid them. Walk in wisdom towards them. And this wisdom, what does this mean, walk in wisdom? Well, we're told here, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Friends, so often we see those who are different than us. We see those who have a different opinion than us, who are living differently than us, who are maybe living immoral lives, and we want to go up to them as if they're a tree in the midst of our trail and begin chopping them up to get them out of the way. And so often we want to take TNT to blow up that trail so that we can get through. But friends, Paul is saying, instead of TNT or a chainsaw, be grace seasoned with salt. Let this be the default, not the exception. Yes, every now and then, as you're riding through life, you've got to do something drastic to clear the way so that you keep on moving forward. But let that be the exception rather than the default. These aren't my words. These are the words of God. Walk in wisdom. Approach with care every single situation. Because here's what we don't realize. Oftentimes we think that if we, if we see these obstacles, we just got to blow them up. But we don't take into account the collateral damage that then comes when we lay the TNT down on the trail. We think something's an obstacle, but when we approach it, we fail to realize that sometimes it's not an obstacle, but sometimes, just maybe, it's an opportunity. 
Because maybe, just maybe, what we perceive to be an obstacle is a person who is lost, and maybe, just maybe, that person needs to hear about Jesus. You see, friends, part of covering our hearts with thankfulness is understanding that you and I, we've already been treated graciously. That we have reason beyond reason beyond reason to thank God on a moment by moment basis. But all of a sudden when we come across an obstacle or what we believe to be an obstacle, a person who we disagree with or is living differently than us, we want to blow them out of the water. But when I look at scripture, I don't see Jesus laying TNT. I see Jesus approaching with care each and every individual he comes to. Never taking a brushstroke, saying, I'm dismissing everyone who looks differently than me. Friends, don't we realize we were the ones who needed approaching with care? When we don't devote ourselves to prayer, when we don't devote ourselves to being thankful moment by moment, all of a sudden we miss the opportunity because we believe it to be an obstacle. But Paul is saying, friends, you want to discover the victory, you want to discover the peace, you want to discover everything that God has for you, you want to discover the, the very victory that Jesus walked in day by day, devote yourselves to prayer. Be thankful and approach each and every person with care. Yeah, maybe, maybe drastic measures are needed to be taken, but walk with wisdom. You know, there's obstacles in our life that will come, but we're told in scripture that there is nothing in this life that will come upon us that we can't handle with the power of God. We have all fought, we will all fall. And if you haven't, guess what, it's coming. You will lose your balance and you'll stumble and you'll fall. I was talking to Cameron Carrier the other day and he was telling me about how he, the trick he has for teaching his little girls to ride a bike. Plops them on the seat, tells them to pedal and then he pushes them right to the grass. Because he knows, he knows they're gonna fall. They're pedaling, they're gonna lose control. So he pushes them right towards the grass so that when they do fall, the grass softens the blow. Now you tell me, how much more so will God protect you and care for you and provide for you with every incident that comes upon your way, every obstacle that comes into your life, how much more so will God be there with you we devote ourselves to prayer, when we cover the eyes of our heart with thankfulness, and when we approach with care, all of a sudden, bridges, we just keep on going, pedaling through them. And all along the way, as opportunities provide, we bring more people with us. So friends, today, before we leave, I'd like you to go ahead and close your eyes, if you would. Because honestly, I don't do this enough in my life. And I imagine that maybe I'm not alone in this. Wherever you're at right now, I just want us to take a moment as Sarah's playing. Will you give thanks? 
Will you give thanks in your chair? And maybe you're saying there's nothing to give thanks for. Friend, there is a reason to give thanks. Will you take this moment right now and say thank you? Father, we thank you. We praise you. We give you all the glory. God, would you go before us, holding all things together. And God, as we come across the obstacles of life, Lord, would you have prepared in us already the muscle memory, the perseverance, the strength, the courage, the endurance to keep on pedaling. Keep our eyes focused on you. And Lord, as we approach what we believe to be obstacles, would you give us the wisdom to approach with care, finding every opportunity that you would have for us. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ. And together we all say, amen, amen. Go, be thankful, be blessed. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.